0: In the last two years, the amount of people that are coming in with drench resistance, you know, it's getting quite bad. You yeah, we've got to make a change. And I guess when, once you commit to making the change and not drenching, test, monitor, be more conscious of your feed. Because I'd say there's a lot of drenching gets done because it's just been what we do and they probably don't need it.
1: New Zealand sheep and beef farmers rank resistance of parasites to drench as one of their major animal production challenges. We simply can't drench our way out of drench resistance. So welcome to the Parasite Chronicles. This is your chance to hear firsthand on how New Zealand farmers have embraced a low or reduced drench route. So make sure listening to this series is your action plan on being wiser to those worm burdens on farm. I'm Sarah Perry M. Lamb. I'll be your host taking you across the country to meet sheep and beef farmers with a range of farm sizes and systems to learn how you too can use management tools to create robust animals in the face of parasite pressures. Awesome. So let's crank into another episode of the Parasite Chronicles. And we're going to be joined by Andrew Law, a sheep and beef farmer uh, in Castle Rock in northern Southland. And Andrew is one of the 17 farmers involved in the Massey University-led Beef and Lamb New Zealand research study into farmers reducing uh, drench In this episode, we're going to unpack how Andrew is reducing the reliance of drench on his properties, Uh, what is the motivation behind it, and of course, what are some of those learnings along the way that we can take into account for our farming businesses, Of course, there's ongoing monitoring of stock, feeding stock well, uh, and proving those grazing management practices. And ultimately, at the end of the day, how do we balance uh, production versus long-term resilient animals? Andrew, set the scene for us. Tell us about the properties, numbers, where you're based, climate. Uh, Give us, set set the scene for our listeners on your farming operation.
0: Yeah, so we farm at Castle Rock, um, just, uh, just in front of the windmills, um, and we've got, you've know, got, we're hill country. We've got about fifteen hundred hectares of native oversown hill, and um, thousand hectares of rolling cultivatable farmland. We run eleven thousand ewes and four hundred and fifty cows plus the support stock. We're, we're part of a wider operation There's a extensive farm in, in the Takatimus, and we've got a fattening farm down at the Bush where we, we finish everything between the three properties. and So there's a bit of shuffling stock between properties, but managed to finish most of the stock between us, between the three farms.
1: So you've got scope and options uh, between the different properties as well when it comes to managing parasites. It, but what was that? Moment where you realise that you're starting to get yourself into a bit of a corner with resistance.
0: Yeah, so um, about 2016, we decided to do a reduction test on the farm, and the results they weren't real bad. They weren't real bad, but it was it was obvious that it was starting to happen a wee bit. So that was sort of probably the moment where where we went. Um, it's time to do something about it now, and um, yeah and i and I guess the other thing was I always wanted to make sure we were running a low input operation wherever we could um so that was that was sort of the moment where we went right if we don't do something soon we we could get in trouble
1: and so and so with those results, how did you first set up to test your resistance for those who um aren't familiar with the process?
0: Yes, so the reduction test um we grabbed a mob of lambs and let, left them undrenched until they reached a certain number of worms, and then the vets come in, tagged them, and then individually drenched each one with and took individual samples to see what the what the kill rate was on all the drenches. And we weren't real bad, but but we were starting to get resistance, a bit of resistance coming through from using the long-acting pre-lamb drench. So that was the one that sort of thought, well, the user you're probably causing the issues by giving them that drench. So that that was how we come to that sort of, yeah, insight.
1: And then when you started to look at, okay, so how are we going to change our management practices, what were the fundamental levers that you sort of looked at how you could start to um, reduce that over time or did you just cut off cold turkey?
0: No, we we probably spent a year and, and I started just typically on the farm. What happened was we... Any time the ewes were in the yard for shearing or weaning or whatever the case was, we we would draft off the light ewes and just drench them. Um, that was the standard practice on the farm when I started. So we started drench. Uh, we started fecal egg counting every time we drafted them out. Worms wasn't the main issue for why they weren't performing. It was probably come back to mob pressure and and just not handling things as well. So we. So we carried on doing that for a year. Every time we drafted off, we'd we'd test uh, fecal egg count before we'd drink uh before we drenched them and yeah, most of the time we found they didn't really need a drink or there was only a handful that did. And then the final the final one after the sort of the year we got the scanning time and I took out the poorest two hundred and fifty ewes out of eleven thousand. Um tested them. They didn't have too many worms, or wasn't bad, and I, so I, we set-stopped them in a mob on their own and got to tailing. At tailing time, we took a test, which should have shown them through the worst part of picking up worms, so they were, would have been at their worst, and the test came back and the vet said, well, you should probably drench the bottom 10% of those ewes, um, the rest aren't too bad. So, I mean, that was the bottom 250 out of 11,000 and they wanted us to drench the bottom 10% and I thought, well, that was sort of the final straw and said, right, we're not going to drench them anymore. Uh, that, those bottom bottom ones need to come out of the system if they're not going to handle it and the rest are. It's yeah, time we're better off without them. So that was, that was when we decided to make the change and and said, right, that's it, we're not drenching any more ewes take out anything that can't handle it and get rid of them.
1: Well, that's a pretty good result, um, ultimately, as well. Did you sit there and look at, uh, you know, as you talked about mob pressure, reducing numbers at all?
0: No, we no, we didn't really want to do that. And, and like, I kept looking at the mob all going, well, most of them are handling it. Why are these ones not? And I know, probably always just believed that you've got to have some selection pressure. So I was just more... Well, 90% of the sheep are handling it good as gold. Why are these ones not? And if they're not, why do we want to breed from them? So no, we didn't really want to, didn't, didn't really want to lower numbers, and it probably wasn't a real option with the, the owners of the farm either. It was, wasn't something they were probably wanting to do.
1: So what do you use for monitoring and keeping a close eye on uh, whether that, that resistance or that uh, burden, parasite burden's creeping back up again? what tools do you use around monitoring?
0: Yeah, so, so now we just, uh, we don't do test any use at all anymore, but we test our lambs. We, we'll test before and after drenches and see that they've been working. And probably, I, I guess, when we got to the stage where we said, right, we're not drenching any ewes, was, was at the time, I probably got a you know, a drench rep come in and, we, and the vets. And we sat down and put a, put a proper drench program in place that we were covering our bases with with our... So we were, I guess, trying to do the perfect drench program for our lambs and follow a strict pattern or, or you know, that the vets and that recommended. And then testing, just testing lambs after drenches to make sure they were coming through. And we started to notice, or probably probably a wee way down the track and or sort of now we've started noticing that, that our lambs are actually, they get into drench time when they do a drench and, and they're actually not needing one. So this sort of tells me that what we're doing is working and we're just we're just actually in the process right now of, of starting another reduction test just to confirm that we're on the right track hopefully. So yeah, hopefully after all this hard work the results come back and say we are doing the right thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. What sort of cost and time impact is it having on profitability, or, or is it just a a, a general uh, longer term approach to the direction you want to go?
0: Well, yeah. Originally, it was a long term um, approach. Uh, the, I mean, straight off the bat, we stopped doing giving the pre-lamb, long last lasting injectable. Initially, straight away, it was a saving of of eighteen thousand dollars over all the use. So. Um, so yeah we saved some money there and we didn't have to bring them in um, at, at, uh, through the yards at a time when you know just before they drew due the land um, it was hard to tell the full impact of the operation over the whole operation whether we paid for it or not we were sort of going through a development stage on the farm where the pastures were coming better with a lot of young grass coming in and and Probably with my time that I'd been here, I was starting to get the management of the property better. Um, so we didn't really. I was kind of hoping to see a production increase, um, and we didn't. But we didn't really see that production increase. But we'd also just started and taking away all the drench that the ewes were used to having, so we didn't really drop away either. Um, I guess if you'd sort of gone cold turkey. You, you know you you are going to take time before you use are used to you know they're used to being drinked so so it's something they've got around to deal with
1: and, and i mean are you noticing any production loss or on weight gain like getting them up to weight pre um tupping or anything like that? Is there any thing with your hoggets or anything that you've noticed differently or managed differently
0: no well n- now that we're so we're probably that was. You yeah, were probably year seven or eight now into not drenching. We haven't drenched a ewe. Um, we're really starting to see the rewards now that we're not getting those ewes dropping off. Like we've kind of gone through the five years, you know, a generation of ewes that have never ever had a drench. And the, and the ewe lambs coming through, you know, they're coming out of mothers that have never had a drench. Or, 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 you know, they get their last drench pre of the two, so they've done most of their adult life with having to deal with either, either deal with high worm burdens or, or they're learning to, to get rid of them themselves. So now that we've made it to that stage, we're starting to see lifts in production now. And, yeah, like I say, we didn't really see a drop because we were probably farming. Yeah, yeah the farm was improving while we were doing it, but we probably spent five years where we didn't make the gains that I was hoping to from the extra development uh, at the time, yeah.
1: Just thinking where you are in the last couple of seasons, how have you noticed the dry impact on uh, your rotations and, and the, your covers and things like that? Any effect or worry?
0: Uh, no, we're, we're, pretty, we're pretty unique even for Northern and Our farm's actually really summer safe. Uh, our biggest problem is that it gets so wet in the winter. So I think like now we're probably noticing that we, because we have to use our ewes a lot to keep pasture quality in our lamb rotations that or cattle. We're cleaning up the worms with other classes of stock. So yeah, it's it's starting to pay off in that regard. And and i say like, I think the ewes are getting rid of the worms for us. Um, And I guess through the whole thing, I've probably just come a bit more wiser of, of, you know, rotations and using use and, and all the other things that go with it. So as I've learned more, it's made it a bit easier to put all the, as many of the right things you can in practice to to help the outcome.
1: So, I mean, did you just work this out pretty much by yourself, by trial and error? Did you reach out to, you know, anyone for advice particularly or resources online, Any anything there?
0: Well, uh, I, I'm sort of going, like, Talking to the vets and going through the reduction test, I picked up a bit from them. I'd been to a couple of um, beef and lamb field days on worm, you know, um, uh, worm-wise worm and stuff like that and and just talking to people and, like, to be fair, at the time, um, I was probably a wee bit naive and I thought that, you know... Drenching, not drenching any use was standard practice. So I didn't think that what I was doing at the time was actually that big a deal. Uh, probably wasn't until later on that I went uh, and, and and probably through doing this trial that you realised that you know, most people still were drenching use. So yeah, probably at the start we probably went into it a wee bit, um, yeah, with not quite as knowledge as much knowledge as we should have had. But I think that probably helped me make the like. Probably helped me stick into my guns about doing it, thinking that um, it was more common practice than it probably was.
1: Yeah, yeah. Some, sometimes ignorance is bliss, Andrew. When you're <laughs> already uh, benchmarking uh, well, in, you know, in this sector. So, hey, um, just lastly, some advice to other farmers. You know, as you've just pointed out, that haven't quite moved um, and recognised the benefits there around reducing drench. What's the advice you'd give them on how to start that journey?
0: Um, well, the one thing is, you, you, you know, well, the main thing we can't—you can't stick your head in the sand. Like in the last two years, the amount of people that are that are coming in with drench resistance, you know, it's getting getting quite bad. So, know, yeah, we've got to make a change. And, and I guess when, once you commit to making the change and not drenching, um, test monitor, be more conscious of your feed. Um, or, you know, feeding properly, because a, a lot of it, I'd say there's a lot of drenching gets done because it's just been what we do, and they probably don't need it. Um, and and I guess, yeah, you, you get, you're you giving your ewes a chance to, to deal with the worm themselves, and so, so. well, yeah, like, you know, you, you're letting them sort it out for you, which has got to be the way of the future, and, and once you get through it, like yeah, saving money, drenches are going to get dearer, or or they're not going to keep coming out with ones that'll do the job. So the loss of production in the long run will be great, will be a lot greater. And and, and yeah, I don't I don't miss not drenching ewes, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> what a great way to end. In summary, that thank you so much, um, Andrew Law, there farming at Castle Rock in Northern Southland. Wasn't that great catching up with Andrew Law there in Northern Southland about how parasites are being managed on their farms? We hope this has been helpful for you and realise there is no one size fits all approach. But careful ongoing monitoring, feeding, stock well and using other parasite management practices will be important. As well as of course head along to Beef and Lamb New Zealand's Knowledge Hub or wormwise.co.nz for more information. Make sure to check out all our other episodes in this series as well. Thanks for listening.